all right let's go in got it all ready take it away mitch um Thanks. well i'm pretty overwhelmed by three two through eight um there's just uh, a lot going on there it feels like you could pick apart why it was choosing to single out this each of the um Of the pairs that it does. We'll see more. Let's do it. Let's dig into it. And I'm saying I'm overwhelmed by. It. Well, I know last time our rabbit trail began with um, a time to love and a time to hate, and then we went to Jacob and Esau country, and then we started to spin out a little bit. Yeah, and that's towards the end, right? Yeah, that's the last verse. Eight, I think. Yeah, but there's really, I mean, a lot of these, some of them just feel All right. uh, random. First one, he has made everything beautiful in its time. And so then that's verse 11. I remember saying that. And so then he, verse one, he says to everything, there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die. Thoughts. That one makes sense. You know, that's a good place to start. It's like the, the bookends of life. Yeah, but that's like, you know, when I was listening to the, did you listen to the Grail Country thing recently, the last one? Yeah, I was listening to them, and they've, I think they've mentioned this before, too, though, is they were talking just about modern medicine, too, how it's like, uh, how it's actually um, not allowing people to die. It's actually pertaining, like, uh, sustaining death. Like, we just keep people alive in this, like, vegetable state or something. We don't recognize there is a time to die, and so we don't let people die well, sort of. And also... There's some contention over what constitutes being alive. So, is it brain activity? Is it a heartbeat? Is it X or Y? You know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think it's good. I, I love this one because I just I love the yeah being aware of your mortal mortality. Like I said, I think brings a lot of clarity to your life. Um, the Psalm 39, Lord, make me to know my end, that mm. I may see how far I am. Um, Gosh, I used to know it. I wish I could remember things. Lord, make me to know my end and what is the measure of my days that I may know how frail I am. Indeed, you have made my days as handbreadth. Age is nothing before you. Every man at his best state is but vapor. Yeah. So I don't know. And then it makes me think of Ecclesi uh, Ecclesiastes. We haven't got there yet, but uh, chapter seven. Yep. That's the beginning. This is the time under the sun. Although it makes me think too of what Craig was bringing out when uh, we were having the conversation with Jed, uh, when he brought up the prodigal. My 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 son was. Did he say my son was dead, but now he's alive? Yeah, 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 yeah. He did bring that up, Craig. Yeah, that was a really good point. You know, that's someone else I could invite too, though. Jed might actually be free at the moment. I'll just send yeah. one out. Let's see. Nope, still not working. All right, I'm just going to do that real quick. Sent. All right. But yeah, there, so the... There's the broader, other, what do you mean about that, though? The just, the just to say that there's the broader picture of, of the bookends of your time under the sun, uh, which makes the most sense, especially in the Ecclesiastes context, but that uh, being born and dying can can take on a number of meanings. That's true. 
I guess you're right. And there's a good, it's probably good to at least have an awareness of all of them because it kind of makes you think of, um, there are people that know they're going to die and they just fall into nihilism. Like, let us eat and drink for tomorrow we die type thing. What's like, the we're going to die anyway. Let's just live it up while we're here. What does it matter? Yes. Solomon, or the, the teacher takes that position at times. But uh, what is the um, the die daily thing? I, Paul says that. I die daily. Uh, he does, right? By a thought with beasts at Ephesus or something like that. It's not that yeah. weird. Funny that you don't get a, a be born again daily. You just get a, a die daily. Yeah, well. Yeah, is, and that's is, like is, in, in is Philippians. Again, a single instance? Is what? Is being born again a single instance? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, sure doesn't feel like it. If you're like speaking um, uh, phenomenologically or whatever. You know, it seems like, is that how it happens? Like, is that how it seems to you? Like, I think we always say it is a one-time thing, but then you have these moments in life where you're like, man, I feel like I just came up from the grave somehow, or maybe it's just me. I'm too is that, uh, I'm sorry, what is it? I once was dead, but now I'm alive. Occur somewhere else besides the prodigal story? Does, does, is that show up in any epistles? It's an amazing grace. That's right. That's <laughs> basically an epistle by now. Yeah. Just is that what you're thinking of? Maybe. Um, I don't know. It's just what I was asking. It's, I'm trying to think. Um, well, else. he talks. Hmm. He talked. I know in Philippians, Paul talks about uh, partaking. It's Philippians chapter three, like where he says, I count all things lost. And he says, that I might suffer the loss of all things, being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection of the dead. Um, and then there's a, in Hebrews, it mentions a better resurrection. So I don't know if there's like something at play there too with how much you can die in this earthly life. What? Um. Okay. Okay. So there's a couple instances. In Ephesians 2, it says once you're dead because of your your trespasses and sins that you walked in following the course of this world uh okay this one's even better colossians 2 13 you were at one time spiritually dead because of your sins and because you were gentiles without the law but god has now brought you to life with christ so in that sense it i guess you you have a it's being used in a couple of different ways there's a sense in which you have to die daily so I guess in that sense, there's a sense in which you have to be born again daily, but it, it seems to be characterized there in Colossians is like, this was the state that you were in, and now you're in a different new state. I get it, I guess. So there's one is what you're saying, or there's like, a... I, could, I guess I would just say there's a couple of different ways to think about it, or there's a couple of different ways that it's talked about. Yeah, that's if, true. If I was once dead, then I don't have to die every day. Do I? Well, there, there must be a sense in which I'm still um, um, wrestling with the flesh and blood. Yeah. Or something like that. Or wrestling with the flesh. It has to do with what we talked about with Christian uh, and the Hebrews. You've made everything subject to them, but we do not now the see. here. 
you being subject to them. Cal? What a, what a nice treat. appearance. Guest appearance here. I haven't even looked at the Signal app today, so I have no idea what's been going on in there. It hasn't been a whole lot today. Yeah. Lori's going to be so jealous. <laughs> Why? Because Cal's here. Is Lori your, your wife, right? Does she like... don't talk to you because she's not Cal? Oh. Yeah, she made that comment. Yeah. <laughs> um, enough for you. Not Cal enough for the Cal Club. Yeah. Well, in Hebrews, it talks about Jesus, too, the suffering of death crowned with glory and honor. Um, so, yeah, I think you're right to say there's like, yeah, there's different, I don't know, there's different deaths and different ways of looking at it. Well, in any case, there's a time to be born and there's a time to die. There's no two ways about it. I don't know what he's doing. He, cow. Maybe his signal. Is maybe Wi Fi setting part time. The audio is still lingering. It's just awkward because I don't know if he can hear us. Hey, when Cal gets on, ask him why there's a time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to plant and a time to pluck. Time to, you, what did you say? Time to sow and a time to reap. Got any ideas on the next one? Time to plant. Supposing all of these are just a time to X and a time to Y in any of their many forms, it doesn't really matter. Basically, all it's trying to tell us is that there's a time to for everything. Well, if everything. Yep. And then it shows to zero in on, you know, a dozen or so examples. And the question is, why is it choosing these particular examples? In a poetic... You know, I never thought about that before. That's really good. What are you saying? In a poetic... It's like we were doing with the plagues. It's like, oh, these plagues are demonstrating his power. But why are these plagues in particular? Uh, okay. it, uh, the, in a poetic sense, something like there's a time to be born and a time to die just seems like obviously something you'd say. Uh, but then as it gets more and more specific, you think, you know, I don't know about this one. Yeah, I never actually thought about that before. Maybe it's just a, a picture of the one way I try to generalize them or try to connect them is to say it's just a picture of the, the comings and goings of mankind. You've got, a, of course, being born and dying. You've got a picture of, of generating food for yourself or toiling, uh, working the earth. Uh, and uh, you've got this sort of uh, these times of, of restoration, these times of judgment, destruction. Um, so maybe it's just sort of broad stroke human life kind of stuff. But at the same time, some of them, well, it's like we get, like, what is this scattering stones? It's probably just something we don't know as much about, like something that's not a part of our culture. And so it doesn't seem to fit in as well with the daily life kind of connective tissue. But even like a time to embrace and refrain from embracing, that's kind of a weird one for me too. Why is that weird? I don't know. It's just like, it's just not one I would have thought to include if I were doing a, a broad stroke daily comings and goings of, of human life. 
time to keep and a time to throw away seems very similar as well. Yeah, that embracing one's easy. And refrain from embracing. I like a time to keep and a time to throw away because it makes me think of our conversation about forgetting. It's like there's a time to remember this and then a time to like forget the past. You know? That's interesting. What's the what's the embracing and refrain from embracing? Why does that strike you? You know, you know. Okay, so now I'm thinking about it in sort of a mental kind of landscape that makes me think of of ideas. Like sometimes I should embrace an idea, or, or sometimes I should say, I, "This is this. I'm not going to welcome in this." Or maybe sometimes I should embrace a person, or or not like not embrace them as in like a literal hug, but like say this is someone that I welcome into my fold. Like, this is someone that, you know. Yeah. If I think of it as embracing ideas, it's not as strange. What does yours say, by the way? Does yours say embrace? Mine says embrace, yeah. I haven't looked up like the Hebrew on that though. But. Yeah, that would be interesting. Well, I like a time to search and a time to give up because it really, um, serves my Christian nihilism uh, thing well. What? You know, is it time to give up? Sometimes you give up. You say that. Where is that way? A time to search? A time to search and a time to give up. Six, verse six. Verse six. Oh, wait. Mine says a time to gain and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to throw away. That's my verse six. A time to, yeah, okay, time to gain and time to lose. That's interesting. Gain and you seem kind of different, so that's weird. Yeah, that is. Seems, yeah, that's odd. Hmm. Uh, uh, I can think of it as like in a, I'm mining, or maybe like uh, I'm, I'm painting for gold here. Like the search is, is for gain's sake. Uh, I'm hunting for gain. So, uh, time, yours sounds like that because then there's a time to give up, like a time to stop. That almost sounds like searching again. Uh, yeah, time to search. Yeah, I'm trying time to, to, I'm to give to up. The, the searching and the gaining can connect in some way. Time to gain and time to lose. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Like gain ground and lose ground makes me think what my when the way mine's translated. Do we uh, do we take these with us into our lives and we'd say, is this a time to be searching or is this a time to lose? Is this a time? Uh, is this a time I should be embracing? Is this a time I should be refraining from embracing? How do you act in the world if you're always asking that question? How would you ever figure that out? Yeah. I wouldn't know. I think you could. As far as I can tell, this is a this is something I should embrace. This is something I should give up looking for. This is something I should uh oh great. Hill. No. Hmm. Can you think of moments in your life where you've thought about that? Like, wait, the second thing you said, I should give up looking for. Yeah, so let me give, let me try to give an example. Uh, one that I would think of is some, there's an idea of people thinking about your purpose, like your destiny, like something you were destined to do. Okay. Uh, 
Yeah. I don't, I, I think I know enough people who have said, I looked for my purpose and I found it. Like I found what I was meant to do and I know this is it. Like everything tracked. Yeah. And I know people who would say, I'm just doing, you know, what I'm doing. I, I've chosen a path and I'm living it. I don't know if it's like what I'm supposed to do. So I think if you're, or maybe you were looking for your purpose in life, you can look for that forever in theory. And you may or may not find it, whatever that means. So you might say, is this something that I should uh, search for? Or is this something I should give up on and just act, behave, live, choose? You think there's a, a time to give up on that, though? On something like that? Yes. Well, I guess I, I can think of really, really practical examples where it's like. You might say a soulmate. I'm looking for my soulmate. Okay. Should you go on looking for your soulmate or should you uh, get hitched? Oh, I see what you're saying. Or just give up and be alone. What was that? What was that movie you just, oh gosh, I'm going to look at the quote right now. I saved it on my phone because I was, I was going to send it in the signal app, but you know, I can't just drop things in there randomly, but uh, drop a smoke bomb in them. It says, uh, you can be a loner until the day you die. There is no time limit. Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I thought that was funny. The yeah. Lobster. That's from The Lobster. Oh, mercy. That that movie is weird. Yes, it is. It's, yeah. It's, but they're yeah. searching for their soulmates, isn't they? That's, that is funny. They are. Right? Or their partner. Any... Um, so I don't know. I think you could use all of these in some way or another in that way. It, it's... Yeah, it's interesting. Like, I just don't have, I'm sorry, I just don't have, like, that's why I keep asking questions, because I feel like I don't really have a lot of thoughts on them. It's because I've never stopped to think they're unnecessary. Because if you read the first verse, like, it, you are kind of like, well, you, they are unnecessary. Like, you don't need these eight. Why are these eight here? So it seems like they're there for a reason. Like, they're not unnecessary. But I've never stopped to really do that. Yeah, it's not that, it, maybe it's just, I haven't either. And that's why I feel overwhelmed by them because I feel like we're going to breeze through these and it's just like, whoa, wait a minute. But maybe, maybe when sometimes we um, sign off on something without really considering what the implications are, it's like, oh yeah, there's a time for everything. That makes sense. It's like, no, okay. no well, I understand. There's a time to love and a time to hate. There's a time to kill and a time to heal. Oh, I didn't want to hear that. I just, I liked it when it was the broad stroke and I didn't have to think about the implications. Well, is there, um, can you think of like any like hyperlink scenarios going on here? Like where it might be referencing different parts of the scripture? Mm. Off your head. So we tried to do that with born and die a little bit. Uh, to plant and uproot. That kind of has a, what does it have? It almost has like a. No, I mean. What the time to uproot would be it makes me think of what does it make you think of um well it makes me think of god saying he's going to plant israel like a vine and stuff like that and then um yeah like, let me think uh let me let me see ezekiel he gets oh, the a, it's like you don't uproot them now like there's going to be a time when they get uprooted when somebody's going to be actually able to sort between them. But the time to uproot is not now. The eagle and the vine. 
there was a great eagle with large wings and long pinions full of feathers in various colors that came to Lebanon and took from the cedar from this and took from the cedar the highest branch. He cropped off its topmost young twig and carried it to a land of trade. He set it in a city of merchants. He then took some of the seed of the land and planted it in a fertile field. He placed it by abundant waters and set it like a willow tree. And it grew and became a spreading vine of low stature. Its branches turned turned toward him and its roots were under it. So it became a vine, brought forth branches and put forth shoots. Um, then it goes on and on. But it just kind of makes me... I guess it makes me think of that idea of like God plants them in Israel, then they get carried off to Egypt and planted there. And then uh trying to think of that. I mean, Jesus also says that weird thing about the, the mulberry tree be uprooted and cast into the sea. Um I don't know, when something's uprooted though, it makes you think more of uh this is talking about it crops off a portion of it and plants it. Uh but when something's completely uprooted, it makes you think like it's uh it's gone. Yeah, I think of judgment when I think it, but it seemed like what you're saying made me think, oh, you know, like Abraham uprooted his his family and his household in, in obedience. Uh, yeah, and replanted somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it makes you, at first thought it makes me think of, of judgment as well. But yeah, I guess you could look at it that way. I think. Yeah, the time to pluck up and move somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't know. Is there is hope for a tree? I think of that part in Job where he's talking about hope for a tree. But it's kind of talking about the stump still there. It hasn't really been uprooted. It's just the tree's been cut down, but the roots are still there. So it doesn't seem like it's the same, the same idea here. I don't know. I don't know, man. A time to kill and a time to heal. You got any anything come to mind? Uh, so comprehensive. There's lots of killing and there's lots of healing. <laughs> I know. I'm just like, so that beat up. Like I don't really know a specific area. I guess that's why I'm like, a time to kill and a time to heal. It's just kind of weird too that like those are the Um, the ones he places side by side, like I don't, I don't know that you normally think I can heal someone that I've killed. Well, you know, yeah, I mean, like it would make sense if it's wound and heal. You wouldn't need to be the the same object of your killing as your healing. Um, is it time to kill your enemy? Maybe is it time to heal your friend? Maybe it's like it doesn't have to be the same object. You know, I just thought this whole thing was going to track on the Bible thus far. It's like, it's a time to be born and a time to die. Okay. This is... Uh, what do you mean, like, the whole overall story? What do you mean by that? Like, what if we can just track this and connect it to the, the narrative of the Bible so far? We probably can't. A time to be born and a time to die. But, but I don't know what you mean, like, track down the whole narrative of the Bible so far. Like, in order? Like, in chronological order of how <laughs> these are speaking? or Because I think I was, you can. That's what I was dreaming of. If anybody can, you can. I don't know that I can. A time to, 
a time to tear and a time to sow makes me think of almost a parable Jesus talks about of a I don't know they just seem so vague they seem like just so vague and broad statements you can apply them to like all these different statements like uh Samuel when Paul reaching for his garment and it tears and so the kingdom's torn away from you and then it's like and then the what the the prophet goes to uh after Solomon he goes to one of the guys and says tear this the garment he tears the garment into like 10 pieces or something and gets says you get to choose 10 tribes of Israel so it's like torn up like I just feel like you can make it just seems so vague like I feel like you can apply it this is your ultimate this is your ultimate very everything maps onto everything so born is to plant as die is to uproot heal is to heal as as tear is to mend Mourn is to dance as weep is to laugh. It's all the same thing. Being and laughing, you know. I don't, mean, I don't have anything. I'm sorry. It's just, I, I wish, I don't want, like, it's weird. Like, I don't want to skip over it either, but I'm just like, I don't, I don't know what else to do with it. I think, I think we've, uh, must around in it sufficiently. We're going to have to live our lives and come back with our findings along the while. Yeah. Because, I mean, I just feel like you can read almost anywhere in the Bible and just be like, oh, yeah, that reminds me about this yeah, time to gather stones. Dude, I don't know exactly <laughs> why we're hitting a wall right here. It's because we didn't pray when we started. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. You want me to do that? or did, I don't know who did that last time. I'll do this time. All right. Oh, Lord, we thank you for your word and for uh, this fellowship we get to have together and uh, enjoying reading it and thinking about it and trying to understand what it might mean for us. Uh, help us to do that. Amen. Oh, it's so clear to me now. I understand. Nice. Good. Good. So we actually did read 9 through 14, but I guess we better read it again. All right. Go for it. Or you want me to? I'll do it this time. You did it last. What do workers gain from their toil? Or maybe I did it. I don't remember. I have seen the burden God has laid on the human race. He's made everything beautiful in its time. He's also set eternity in the human heart. Yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. I know there's nothing better for people to be happy and do good while they live, that each of them may eat and drink and find satisfaction in all their toil. This is the gift of God. I know that everything God does will endure forever. Nothing can be added to it, nothing taken away from it. God does it so that people will fear him. That's weird, right? God does it so that men will, so that people will fear him. 14 freaks me out. Everything God does will endure forever. Nothing can be added to it and nothing taken from it. Yeah, say more. I'm sorry, man. I'm not much of a help this time. I don't know. What, what's, what's going through your head? Okay. My, my. <laughs> okay. So right before that, it's. Um... No one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. Does that mean God has already done everything that is from the beginning to the end? It's making me think of my the novel, the incomplete, insufficient novel uh, analogy, I like to say. 
that the novel, God has written the novel, that's the sub-reality that we're in. And uh, no one can fathom what he's done beginning to end because we're in it somewhere. We're on page 87 or something. Uh, but it's this book, this novel, that's our, our reality is going yeah. to endure forever and nobody can add to it or take away from it. It is finished. I don't know that I see it the same way, but I don't necessarily think God knows everything or he's written everything. Um, I think he wrote the end from the beginning. So I see like the two bookends, but the whole inside is like, uh, yeah, sort of. Um, and so you can't really escape the two bookends, but the, and the whole, in, the whole inside of the book is like happening according to the patterns he set up in like Genesis or something like that. And so, but then you have free will involved too, but it's like, I don't think you can escape the, ultimately escape the, the patterns he set within the bounds of creation, but it seems like we're trying to. Um, is that what the adding to it and taking from it would be, you think? Maybe like trying, trying to, to, to go beyond heavens and earth or something, or I don't know. I know whatever God does, it shall be forever. Nothing can be added to it, nothing taken from it. God does that mention be performed. That which is has already been, and that which is to be has already been, and God requires an account of what is past. Um, this is insane. Whatever is has already been, and what will be has been before. God will call the past to account. That, said, that can work in your pattern formula. That doesn't? It does, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's kind of how it it seems to seems to see ah seems to me because he said like in Genesis there's seven days, then he rests on the seventh day, and then Jesus makes this weird statement and says, "Until now, my Father has been working and I have been working." So I'm like, "What the heck?" Like I'm still not quite sure what to do with that, but it seems like he spoke the end from the beginning, and then it's just like, "Here's the patterns. Here's my words. My words are living, and they just." create and go on a pattern and a cycle and I don't know. You don't know? Yeah. That's... I feel like you're saying something very interesting. I've heard that's you guys this idea where and I, I think I've even heard it before that the idea then is that um, creation was uh, like Calvary or what is this idea? That all things came to the cross? Or, or, or the cross is the sixth day of creation or something? Oh, I don't know if I've heard that. That's interesting, though, where, where God makes man in his image. That's fun. Yeah, so he makes Adam in his image, but then, like, kind of like the Pinocchio thing, you know? Then there's, like, another make in his image that's even closer to his image on Calvary, Christ on the cross. And he says, glorify me with you with the glory you had before time began. And then God nails him to a tree. <laughs> it's like, is that, that's the glory of, of uh, through the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor or something like that. That's interesting. I haven't heard it as the sixth day. I've always heard it more of like. That's what you said, Dan. I, I did? Oh, I mean, I maybe. That, that I think that might work where he says, uh, God made man in his image. In the image of God, he made him. Male and female, he made him. So you could see that maybe as 
God's making man in his image because Christ is reflecting his image. Um, you could say it that way, but then you um, man the perfect. Um, it's like the I think it's uh, it's hard to get at because I'm like, what does it say in Colossians? Um, the he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, the first, uh, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may be, he may have. The preeminence. So yeah, I think it's Christ is, is the, the preeminence. church is the firstborn of the dead. What does it say? The church is the firstborn of says, the dead. It says the church, comma, who is the beginning. But I think it's still referring to Christ there, who is the beginning. Uh, I don't think it's necessarily the same. But then the church, you know, it, I mean, if the church is eventually married to him, I guess it's kind of you kind of get into similar things where she is the body or supposed to be the body, but. Yeah, so I think it's like um, uh, the the action. I shouldn't say the symbol because I feel like that doesn't get at it. I feel like symbol is kind of losing its oomph these days anyway. This is maybe so overused. But I guess like the action of Christ on the cross, what that actually um, means um, is like that, that action um, of that self-sacrificial love was like I don't want to say thought of, but it's like it was it's a like it was it was there in the heavens. This this thing in the heavens, this idea is what all creation is built off of, of this self-sacrificial giving on the cross. This yeah it talks about the ideal becoming the martyr. It's like everything is everything is aiming towards this ideal and this ideal is is dying of itself that other things may live. And so all things are going through that. Um, and that is the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. The perfect spotless lamb is always slain before the foundation of the world. And then you have, in the beginning, God made the heavens and the earth. And then in John, the gospel of John, they pierce his side and blood and water come out. You know, like the blue and the red come out like the heavens and the earth. The lamb slain before the foundation of the world. Yeah, but what does that mean? Man, that's just crazy. Like, you don't really hear about it. Like, you hear people quote it, and you're like, if you stop and think, you're like, what does this mean? That's so weird. What is the foundation of the world? Uh, it's stability, what it's built upon right that's that's to me what it makes it think it's like the cornerstone that everything it's a it's a bedrock so it's which would be rock bottom right so when you hit rock bottom you got nothing but jesus <laughs> all right lamb is slain and then foundation of the world what is this what is i, I know the lamb got slain here what happened here oh before the foundation of the foundation world. was laid and what is the foundation what is it referring to I thought it was kind of this, referring to the same thing, but maybe it's not. The lamb was slain, but yeah, it does say before. Um, but I thought that it kind of was the foundation of the world, that the, the lamb being slain was the foundation. 
but I don't, I don't know why I always jumble those two together. What's going on in your head? What do you think it is? Is 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 the quote in fact the lamp the lamp who was slain before the foundation of the world? Uh, I I'll Google it because I don't know where it says that. Um, Google, leave the site. Where it, yeah, it's coming up? It's, um, Revelation thirteen eight. It's Revelation. Oh man, we should just toss that out. Getting too crazy. What are we doing here? I know. All inhabitants of the earth will worship the beast. All whose names have not been written in the Lamb's book of life. The Lamb who was slain from the creation of the world. What does yours say? Oh, mine probably says before the foundation. I think King James said from the foundation of the world. I mean, I think it's like that whole part in Colossians, I think is kind of saying what I attempt to say, and I probably fail at it when I'm like, everything exists by Christ. Like everything is like, even the, like when we were talking about King Daisy and the flower, it's like, it's, this, is, this is the pattern of Christ. And it's, yes, of course, but uh, it's like, it's all at once, right? It's all at once. Um, what do you mean by that? It's all at once. What do you mean? So, it's me trying to wrap my head around the thing that you don't remember saying that I think you said, but it's... Uh, I'll deny it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> if we've got it on record somewhere, that's it. That's I'm sure it is. Uh, he was in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. So, the lamb who was slain from the creation of the world. Okay. So yeah, it really does seem to tie the creation of the world to the to the lambs being slain. Mm -hmm. And so, what are you telling me? <laughs> I mean, I thought that's that's what I just said. Like he was, he had to be slain. What do you think that means? I mean, he had to be the idea of of that. That's how the that's how the world exists. Like the king. Uh, becomes the martyr the ideal gives of itself um in order for the for the creation like the the I almost said the father dies for the son um which that does happen but um it, it's, this is really cool because he had to he had to be killed in order for creation to be at all because creation was going to be um sinful yeah 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 and you in order it's like in order to prepare okay in order to love something you have to create something that has like free will right otherwise you're forcing it to love you i guess in a way so but then in order to to give it a free will like you have to at least prepare for that thing to transgress and then if you're preparing for it you establish something like forgiveness which is almost establishing the death of god because if god is truth if he's the ideal and he's unchanging it's like you are taking that truth and saying what can we forgive <laughs> like like that movie you quote it's like like can we 
set aside this this ideal and and let this thing exist um and not 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 destroy when i say kill it's like you don't destroy the ideal like it remains it's just like it always remains and it always calls you to it but it's like you are gosh i don't know how to describe it it's just like uh because forgiveness isn't the death of truth but it's just kind of this i don't know i'm not i'm not i don't have the right language for it i guess but does that make sense make more sense of it mitch whatever i don't i can i'm starting to to feel it a little bit but uh yes yes in order to create Like, I'm trying to think, like, so if, can we pull it into a family level? Like, if you're going to have a son, you, um, you kind of, in a way, I don't know that you'd want him to be exactly like you, because then he'd just be a weird little replica or duplicate, you know? And so you want him to be different in a way, um, but then you have to forgive those differences, or and not necessarily not they, they don't even necessarily have to be sinful but it's like you uh forgive and like you're just allowing allowing the like there's not such a, a hard line tension of the truth it's like you're allowing it to bend so this person could still exist in your image and still have differences and it's still does that make sense like well your son would still be your son he would be he would be you he would be the image of you but he could be completely different at the same time in and i'm uh yeah so i think everything is sort of like that is that not making sense i don't know i understand what you're saying <laughs> i don't uh, know it's, go ahead sorry no no i i understand you it seems to I'm not sure to what degree it applies. Uh, obviously it applies. Okay, does it apply? Here's something kind of weird. So God makes man in his image, like we talked about with Adam and the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. So like or, the, sa the sacrifice, the, the spotless, uh, the spotless sacrifice, I guess, innocent sacrifice is slain so that it it allowed like a, all creation can exist and find its its individual identity and still exist um so you have adam anyways and then you go and then christ dies and then it says now we are new creatures in christ so it's like a new creation even and then in revelation it talks about another new creation is it just a pattern where like like, I mean, it seems like, like, I feel like you can apply it to the whole Disney movie of Pinocchio, where you have Adam is Geppetto makes him from the wood, and then he's, he's the image of the father, but he's still like, you know, he's not quite that great. And the spirit comes, gives him breath. And so he's up, he's a living being. And then he goes, Geppetto tries to send him to school. So then he goes out and then he transgresses the law. And then his father goes out and looks for him. His father basically is kind of dies for him, goes down in the belly of the whale looking for him. Then the son meets him there through like self-sacrificial love. So it's a life-giving spirit. 
like the first Adam became a living being, the last Adam became a life-giving spirit. So then Pinocchio goes down, gives his life, and then that's when he's resurrected in the greater image of the father, and he's a real boy, not just a wooden boy. But then does that pattern repeat? And then there's another... No, another, in Revelation, there's another new creation, and it's resurrected even in more likeness of the father. No, man, they live happily ever after. He said no, but it's like, well, do we? I mean, I don't, you know, we're all wanting to awaken his likeness, and it's like, is that a? If God is infinite, how do you how do you awaken the infinite? It's just like you continually, daily, awaken his likeness, and like I don't know. It seems like, do you get what I'm saying? Is it a? Is it is it bleak to say it is a pattern? Well, or is it hopeful? If it's a if it's a never ending pattern, I, I think it's bleak. I think it there's a, a beginning and an end, and so the pattern started in this thing we're calling the beginning, and ends as this thing we're calling the ending. Then what is to some? Uh, I don't know if this is, I should, I was about to say Jacob's point, but I shouldn't say that. But so what is Christ doing in the middle of all this? Like, why not just have the one at the end in Revelation? And then we're just, uh, it's all done. The Messiah came. Like, why have this Messiah in the middle? And then await another, new, like, here's the creation, the heavens and the earth. Here's the new heavens and the new earth in Christ. You are a new cre creature in Christ Jesus. And then here's a new heavens and the new earth and revelation at the end. Like, why not? Like, why is this? Like, do you see what I'm saying? Like, why is there this weird, this weird thing in the middle going on with Jesus where it's like, yeah, we're going to pull you closer into God's image, but still not quite there. And then revelation, then we'll get it. I, I mean, why not just, just, just wait till the end or just jump to the end? I don't know. I mean, why, why, why create man at all? You know, <laughs> that's well. That's not what I'm asking. <laughs> or why not? Or why not just make him perfect in the beginning? Or I guess yeah. you could say he did. Yeah. Well, if he did, then why was he slain from the beginning? What are we talking about? Is this even is this even interesting? I feel like we're onto something interesting here, but it feels that way to me. But I like dry desert. And, uh, yeah, you do. Yeah. What are we, maybe we are into something? That's the hope, right? So we definitely haven't progressed in Ecclesiastes, but we're well, we're, we're we're on this very gobsmacking part about uh, that, which is. He has no. done him from the beginning, and what he does will endure forever, and nothing can be added to it or taken away from it, and how to understand it. I understand it. Okay, I'm going to say how I understand it again, and you tell me how you understand it again. Okay. Which, anyway, I don't know. I understand it like as being packaged in some illusion of finitude. Uh, so there's like a, 
a box you're in and this box is like this is it it's into beginning it doesn't change you're somewhere in it and one day you're out of it and you you have a you're released from this this cage of finitude uh, into uh, true understanding you truly see uh, not That's... not like in a mirror anymore but isn't that just Gnosticism? <clears throat> What's Gnosticism? <clears throat> Where once you're enlightened, you've reached, like, you've you've attained heaven basically by attaining the right knowledge, the right the right form of knowing. No, I don't think so. I mean, I don't think that's part of what's in the in the novel here. I think the novel is just like the series of events. Weirdly in a meta way, we have some insight into the, to the novel, um, despite being characters in it. The characters are aware that they're in a novel because they've been written that way. And they're aware that one day the novel will end because they've been written to, to be aware of that. And when the novel ends, the analogy falls apart because the characters are released from the novel. How can you even conceptualize of that? How are you ever released from the narrative? Is that, yeah. is that being released in nihilism? Like, what is that? No, to be released from the narrative is, uh, is to no longer be shackled by the illusion of finitude, uh, the, 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 the limited perspective that you're trapped in. Uh, and, and for your hope to be made sight. And for your hope to be made what? The thing, the thing, the thing that's contained in the novel, the little scrappings of the fact that we're in a novel are like lying around in, in the world of the novel. And when we get this, we say there is something beyond this novel. And even when the novel ends, you transcend. Uh, that was embarrassing. Now you tell me how you understand. Why is that embarrassing? It just is. <laughs> no, I'm in pain. good. I'm in actual pain. I don't from think I've prayed hard enough. From snapping your finger? I thought it was good. I actually didn't think anything of it until you said it was embarrassing. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That that's interesting. You rationalize these verses. You're talking about something with a pattern. Yeah, it's just if God, if He actually is His Word, then and His Word creates the novel, the narrative. Then I guess I mean I could see how you escape the finitude of it, but I don't know how you escape the narrative. Does that make sense? Like I don't. Uh, yeah, I think everything everything changes. Everything fundamentally changes. The, the, the same patterns don't repeat into infinity. The pattern changes. There's a new pattern. What is that though? Like what? Then why why should I even care about this life at all? 
it's like what's what's the point of trying to understand anything if he's just going to change it all it's like this is just well, absolutely futile be attitude or take it no no it's better it's better it's better the, but how like what why what would cause me to even think that because you were told that okay cool <laughs> huh is that okay cool cool all right we should get back into the text what how do you what what is your conceptualization um i don't know i don't really see how it i mean i i guess i see how it changes but i don't i don't see how it i mean i don't know what it's what any of it's gonna look like but it just seems it seems like it's a the the new heavens and the new earth, the new creation is like a, a rev it's something to do with like a revelation and an unveiling. And um and like a trans a transformation of consciousness, but I don't think the pattern goes away. Because I think God is the pattern. What if something is removed from uh, okay, I see what you're saying. Because you think God is the pattern. Uh like I think he is the like I think everything is like I said I think everything exists according to the pattern of the cross, so I don't know how, if that is. So if the cross is just the foundation of this world, then, like you're talking about when we leave these bookends, then then, what was the cross for? Like what was it all for? Does it just go away? Does that whole idea go away? Does self-sacrificial means, love go away? by which you leave the bookings because the cross i mean the cross isn't uh christ isn't sacrificed again and again and again right uh he sacrificed once for all and so the other end of the cross is the new thing it's it's the pattern breaking uh phenomenon it is a new thing okay It, it it's it's what ushers in the new thing. It's the door. I mean, I guess I, I mean, I see what you're saying. I guess where it's like a new birth, and then things are different. It's just, yeah, it's just weird because I'm like, I I don't know what to do with this. Then it's just like, I don't know what to do with this life, and I don't know what to do with these scriptures at that point. Because I'm like, well, why read them if they're just going? Because uh, the these. These will make you wise for salvation. The salvation is the point, uh, is what uh, is what I think, right? These read these because they will make you wise for salvation. Okay, so if Christ was uh, he, he gave himself as a sacrifice. He he died once, and but I could care less about living forever. You know, I don't. How could you? <laughs> How could you say that? This it depends what, on what kind of life you're living. Like, like I mean, it, it depends on it depends on what eternity looked like. Like, if it was, if it's not like a a redemption of things, I just think it'd be just eternal. Like, what if it's eternal sadness? What if it, what what if we die and God's just a big chicken? Away, you know, the the former things are forgotten. Is paradise, right? Yeah. This is the thing. What's, I don't know. I don't know how you can't how you how you can't say it's like. I mean, are you like? Do you have like 
no no emo-ness in your heart to where you just <laughs> the thought of living forever just sounds so awful <laughs> no ear has seen and no eye has heard the good things that the lord has prepared for those who trust him. it's it's like you you can't fathom it it's of course it, like on like where you get this image of like the sea being gone and like the tears are wiped away it's, yes i where's the lost dog music then but uh it's like it is good it is good it's a good you can't imagine yet uh what does it mean for all things to be made new that means the old things have passed away and so if the old things are gone what's going on it's something that you can't fathom you know what we want it's like we want to hold on to the the thing we have because we don't realize how good the next thing is yeah, I guess it's just like what I'm struggling with is like if, if this life is this U-shaped pattern, like people talk about this U-shaped journey, there's Adam, he falls, and you got to come back up. It's like somewhere in here is the pattern for coming back up. And it's like, and I understand like, so it's like you have the cross here, creation, and then it goes down and then the cross is here. Christ the kenosis God comes down and descends into his creation into the very pit of it and that's the bottom of the u-shaped pattern then the cross happens there and then you're going back up and then the cross is going to happen again and then it's just further up and further in and it's just up and up and up I don't like I kind of get that but I'm just saying like there's a there's a a pattern that's like that's working the whole thing and it's like so if we go through the cross at the end into the new heavens and the new earth into the and we escape the the finitude of this life and it's just the goods coming all the time it's like what's that good and it's like that it's it's whatever's happening now like it's the good that's happening now is the good that's going to be happening forever it seems to me like i don't think it would change like i don't think like i'm not saying christ would have to die all the time but it's just like whatever that means of whatever god worked through christ in the earth to to like to bring the to to start the u-shaped journey back up it's like that that seems to be that that action that christ that christ embodied is what is what carries you up further and further up and further in and what was what was worked through that event was the eradication of of sin yeah it's like the eradication of the bad yeah yeah we don't want to dip back into the bad again yeah 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 so yeah i guess i'm not i'm not trying to say it'll be like uh <laughs> we're just doing this wave for eternity like i do think there is or at least that's the hope that we're going to come to this point and just keep going up but i'm just saying not what's carrying us up like what is the um, i don't know it's it's gosh it is hard to it's hard to conceptualize it's hard to escape too the just the idea of um the way the the way creation works like it is it all it sometimes it and i don't think it has to be a fall but it seems like a fall if that makes sense like when when you when when you're creating something it's like it like i was saying earlier it has a its own identity so it has a separate identity so but that seems to be like a, a fall or a transgression from the the original identity but I don't think it necessarily is. And maybe that's where we would come into to where things are continually being created and life is continually 
being fruitful and multiplying, but it's in such a way to where it never actually, it, it, it has its own identity, but it never falls from the, the true identity. Does that make sense at all? Like, like the, like the mercy, uh, the mercy and truth is like all happening simultaneously or something. And the, you know what? In some ways, because the mercy is so uniform, it's like the what's water thing becomes the water. Uh, how's the water? What's water? What isn't the mercy becomes it's so enveloping that it's it's like what's mercy? You know, we don't know about that anymore. The f the former things are forgotten. Like mercy is so comprehensively covering the past that it's just like what what mercy what what sin you know uh i'm not sure if that's yeah right. yeah it's like like when you create within the creation like so when you have the sun it's like and he has his own identity it's like it almost seems like a, a, a transgression or a sin and he's missing the mark from the father's identity to have his own identity a separate one but it's like in this new age it's like whatever that is where the son is getting he has his own identity it's like he never he never sins he never misses the mark from his father's even in this him having his own identity so it's like the like you're talking about or something like the mercy is simultaneously working with the i don't want to it's like i i don't i almost said transgression but it's like it's not a transgression it's just like a you know what I'm saying? Like it's it's stepping outside of the father's identity, but still like can staying within it or something. The mercy is so enveloping that, and it's happening all at the same time that it's it's uh, the creation. I don't know. I don't it, know what I'm getting at. It's as though it's 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 being canceled out as quickly as it's, as being uh, yeah, and called back in or something like the identity as as the yeah it's being called back in simultaneously with its uh in individuality like the multiplicity that's happening is being called into the unity at the same time that it's happening or something like that. i'll say something man you know mercy is an icon uh that's all it is you say more about that <laughs> that's it mercy is an icon an icon what do you mean by that you think iconically man i don't man. i need to I need to do more of that iconic thinking mosaic thinking too need some of that uh what did but what do you mean by that do you okay wait i got a question for you too do you think of when you think of mercy do you think of like just forgiveness mostly or or do you think of forgiveness a branch like off from mercy? Um, yes, I think of forgiveness mostly. I think that's a lot of people's. Uh, I don't know. That's the way I think of it. I think of just like rain, just like almost like loving kindnesses or something. You know, like because yeah. everything, everything is a mercy. Like God's breath is a mercy. So I think of like, and you don't, and that's mercy not even because um, there's something fractured in you. So in that way, it's a kind of forgiveness. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I do think it is forgiveness is included in mercy for it sure. Would be merciful if you deserved it, I suppose. 
Yeah, yeah, I guess they're always undeserving because even the breath you don't deserve the breath. Right. But I don't think it's necessarily God giving you breath is a is necessarily a forgiveness, but it is a um I don't know, it's just interesting because I feel like some people when they hear the word mercy, they think of they think of flattery or something. Like, oh, this person did this, so you just like just I'm surprised. Uh, I know you said this before, but I I don't see that that very often. Oh, that's good then. I don't know. That's good. Maybe it's maybe it's not as often as I think. Uh, or they think of they think of mercy as like justice isn't being done. We're setting aside justice, and it's like mercy is justice. So I don't know. I think of mercy as setting aside justice. You do. Yeah. Or it's setting aside judgment. Uh, I would think of those synonymously. Really? See, see, I don't think of that at all. I think of mercy as it, you, it, it could include the judgment. Um, and it could include the, as you could be merciful to spank a child, <laughs> you know. But, but, instead of to, but it, it also includes the forgiveness. Like it can't. Prevent a higher judgment. In it. Mercy is always preventing judgment. Mercy triumphs over judgment in the first decimal mind. Yeah, you would hope so, I guess. That mercy would prevent judgment. But mercy, but I don't think that... Mercy is a, sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry, actually. You should go ahead. No, no, no. Go, go, go. I'm you just be merciful right now. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Um, you would say... What I meant, I think, by mercy, mercy is an icon. And I don't know... Yeah, mercy is, I'm very, mercy is a means to an end. It's mercy endures forever, right? Mm hmm Mercy is not the highest thing. It's a means to an end. Ah, uh, the means to an end. But if you're looking at mercy just in the, as in loving kindnesses, like, like where he says, God is merciful to the just and the unjust. He makes it rain on the just and the unjust. Um, is that, does that still work when you say it's a means to an end? Mm -hmm. Are those the bookends? I shouldn't say it's a means to an end. Uh, I don't, I don't think I have a problem with it. I'm just curious. There's a way in which it's true, but it, I, it is a part of God's character to be merciful. But but he's merciful to us to a, to a higher end. It's not mercy for mercy's sake. It's mercy so that you'll be merciful, right? No. I mean you will be merciful. You must be. But it's 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 not mercy for mercy's sake. Mercy is is his means to to out saving you for, for reconciliation, mercy. right? Mm -hmm. His mercy is saving you. Uh, Wait, but you have to have that for creation, right? Uh, it seems to be the case. Because if the yeah, it seems to be the case, yeah, and but that's why I guess what I'm getting at is that's why I don't think the the pattern repeats forever. I think the pat the pattern is mercifully broken uh, in time. Like, well, that's why I was wondering if it's like 
if the pattern is just it's not like a chronological pattern anymore but the pattern just the words his mercy endures forever is just there and so it's like like every once you go through into the eschaton every every new creation every new form of life is already per, like the womb of mercy it's like it's never necessarily leaves that or something i don't i'm trying to gosh i can't even yeah, get the right language for it it endures like, forever it, it it it's the water you're in it it's yeah reality it's it's such a reality that you might that you don't even talk about it's not even worth mentioning it's okay well so down here at this point of christ where christ dies it's like there seems to be this when you come to christ and you like like christ came into the world to save sinners of whom i'm chief so there's like this this realization or revelation of just like well, I need a savior. Like I need God's mercy. And so it's like you receive that mercy, then that in turn makes you a more merciful person. And so then all the things that are different from you, all the rest of creation that isn't in your categories, even if it's falling outside of the truth, you're still kind of having this like, well, let's not damn it. Like, let's still like, I'm more merciful because like my heart's more tender. Um, I was thinking this and I wanted to quote it because I need to get more good quotes too. So I was going to quote myself, but I was like, uh, the one who throws a stone is who the one who has a stony heart or something like that. I was just thinking like this. So like when your heart is like turned into a heart of flesh, then like through, you're just like the more mercy you're receiving, the more realization you have of being the chief of all sinners, the more loving you are. He who's forgiven much loves much. So then at this point of the new heavens and new earth, there's like this just this such like this explosion of this like just revelation and realization of just uh how freaking awful we are i don't know if that's where that's not the right way to put it but there's just this this extreme revelation of god's mercy and how badly we need it and how badly we need a savior like even more so than that christ at the cross like whatever happened at the cross just like repeats in such a extraordinary way that all creation is pushed through it and then from there, it's like that um, that love through that um, that love and that mercy that it came through that that revelation. Like everything created from there on after is like immediately. Um, it's all happening at once at that point. As I, every time I, I keep trying to like say the same thing, and I keep just failing at every attempt to get at it. Dude, we're closing in, man. We're closing in. Uh, so this, um, I just had a thought when you did the mercy and Jewish for everything. Uh, the thought that I'm having is this. Well, sometimes Cal will always bring up that all not meaning all thing, uh, that, that sort of the double standard of, uh, well, he sees it as a double standard for, um, people who aren't universalists, I think. People who aren't what? Oh, universalists, yeah. Because yeah. he said that people who aren't universalists will say that all doesn't mean all. Right. Um, and so I think that all can mean different things in different contexts. Uh, it, so sometimes we talk about that. But 
I'll it's like thank you. <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> it forever means forever. Some forever means different things in different contexts too. Or that seems to be the argument of the universalist, correct? Uh, and then uh, I was thinking to die, death means different things in different contexts. Like you're talking about like death total, or you're talking about death like in this life. Like there's a couple of different deaths going on. Uh, I wondered if if his mercy and doing forever was something that occurs under the sun. Anyways, uh, Hmm. I'm pretty much going to have to go now, but uh, I hear hear some dishes. Is it dinner time? Yeah. So that was, man, that was a a rough stretch, but maybe it was the ground we needed to cover. I'm sorry, man. We didn't get any farther. No, well, we we did talk about the, the next couple verses after eight, so... And there's the, the next part, it gets into the animals, and we all have one breath, like the animals. Are we ever going to finish this book? Who knows? Not oh, but I, think, I want to say thanks, though, for being so, um, yeah, just like diligent on it. You're like, you're always sending me the reminders. You're like, hey, man, you want to do this? Well, it's so, really yeah, fun it's been good. Anyway. Yeah, it has been. It's been so, good that we've been consistent, even though we haven't made any progress, but... <laughs> We will we will see it through. Man. All right. Thanks, well, man. tell Lori I said hi. Okay. I will. All right. See you, man. See you. Bye. Man.